0: Hello and welcome back to Literally Heinous. This is a mini episode. Um, I saw a podcaster that I really like do many episodes and I think that that sounds more attainable for me at given times. Um, And I've just come off a really interesting week. So mentally, I've been struggling with two main things. One of them has been at my work. Um, where it has been really intense for me lately and I'm carrying over the stress into the weekends, which is not something that like I've ever dealt with before, but it's something that it's like just kind of constant is like this, uh, stress going on in my professional life. And then also dealing with like intense bouts of loneliness. Um, so Jack has been gone now for six days so he doesn't come back until like two more days so last week I on Monday he left for eight days and I was definitely really nervous because it's our first time being apart from each other since moving to New York and like since living together and I'm not someone that like relies on my boyfriend for like security or whatever like we even like over the weekends like we'll definitely like do different things and meet up later on and during the weeks we like live our own lives but moving here and just being like fresh in New York neither of us know that many people at all and I guess I didn't realize or I I did realize but like the whole time being here with him I'm like so nice to like have someone to like explore this stuff with and so nice to have someone to share the burden of like moving somewhere and like getting things and going to grocery stores and checking out different places and reporting back to each other and be like, okay, this street is kind of weird. This grocery store is cool. That train station sucks. This one's good. And just someone to kind of iron out the kinks with. And then obviously just a default person to do stuff on the weekends with because we don't have a ton, a ton of people here. We've only been here here two months. So when I found out when we realized he was going to be gone for eight days because um, the first few days was a work trip that came at the extreme last minute. And then the back half of that was a ski trip. So he was home for like six hours in the middle of that just for a night. And then he left early in the morning. I was like, okay, I this is good for me. I can do this. Like this is a good time for me to start putting myself out there. Because when we first moved here, I told myself I was – I said – you know, I'm going to give myself enough grace to not be forcing myself to go make up a bunch of friends and like go to a bunch of shows and plays and like check out different parts of the city. I was always just like, it's okay. But now that I've been here for two months, I've been feeling like, okay, I know my neighborhood pretty well. I know my way around town. I've gotten to know the different neighborhoods in New York and now I'm ready to start putting myself out there. Um, so that week, work got really, really, really intense and really freaking hard. Um, And I've kept myself occupied by that week. I finally signed up for a gym and I'd been putting, not like putting that off, but that had just been kind of a low priority because I wanted to not force myself and to just take my time. So I signed up for a gym Monday. I really, really like it. Um, It's just a free not free, but like, um, you know, machines, weights, no classes or anything, just, you know, kind of a regular old gym. And I really like it. So I have been doing that. I've been five times in one week, which is so crazy. I never normally do that. I went Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then Saturday and Sunday. Crazy. But that just is a testament to how lonely I am and how like or how lonely I've been this week and how fragile my mental state is right now I have to keep myself occupied because I'm dealing with the craziness at work physical loneliness just an empty apartment and just no one to like just all my thoughts in my head constantly and then because of that realizing how I don't know as many people as I thought I did here and you know being like the new girl in town having to be the one to reach out to people, which is okay. And that's kind of been my MO. I feel like all of postgrad, I have not really had um a stable friend group my whole time in postgrad. I think I don't know. Um I always had a lot of friends in college, but everyone just kind of dispersed. My first year in postgrad I was in Atlanta and it was like the height of COVID. And then my first year in Detroit, that was I think the one time that I had a really solid like post-grad friend group with my college friends and Jack's friends and then half of them moved to Chicago and then it was back to square one a little bit <laughs> for another like year and a half and then here so I'm kind of back to like okay back to square one. Um, so really just realizing and kind of coming to terms with oh I really don't know as many people as I thought I did here. So when I'm with Jack it's I like I have him so I'm like oh like I'll figure it out like oh yeah I'll get lunch with her whenever but then when I'm facing okay like here's eight days and I have to fill up my time I do not really like to be alone that much I really need to have an activity every day Um, like after work on weeknights I really can't do more than two days of just work and make dinner and that's it. I have to like fill that up with something. And now that I have my podcast, um, my podcast has been a really nice way to do something after work that feels productive. And like, after I do something relating to my podcast, either working on an, ep- making an episode recording or editing an episode or doing social media, it's a really good way to kind of satisfy that like productive neuron in my brain. I don't, there's probably some like real psychological term for that, um, But that's – sometimes I just – that's the last thing I want to do sometimes. And then I kind of view my free time outside of work in different factions. And I view it as – and I have to achieve like one thing per day in order to feel like I can go to bed not feeling like a total piece of shit. Excluding work, I need to do something productive creatively. So working on my podcast, something to do with that or do something productive physically. So going to the gym, um, I go on lunch walks every day. So that doesn't count as being physically productive to me. Um, Or I have to do something productive socially, like having a fun night with friends or just like hanging out with someone new. Or um, when I was doing comedy classes, like going to my improv class, that counted as doing something productive. And then my other one, it was like healthy, productive. So like making dinner, like going to the grocery and making dinner. And I need to check like one or two boxes every day to feel productive. And I want to know if anyone else feels like that. Am I crazy? Um, but I do put a lot of pressure on myself to like get something done. Other Like work just isn't enough for me. Um, and I've recently been coming around to like adding a new thing, which is so I can't stop like making myself – like, making all these, like, tasks for myself. A new thing is, okay, if I'm not going to do any of those things, if I'm not going to go to the gym or I'm not going to do something with my podcast or I'm not going to hang out with friends and I'm just going to watch TV, then I have to watch, like, um, an Oscar-nominated movie or I have to watch, like, some film that, like, someone told me was good. I don't know. Some I can't just watch trash. Like, I have to watch – Something that will be important or something that's like worthwhile, or a movie that I've been putting off seeing, like a classic, like some 70s movie, or like I have to do something that will make me feel smart. Now I'm saying all this out loud, I'm like, oh my God, do I need help? So, anyways, once I was faced with this eight days, including a weekend, I was like, I have got to fill out my days. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I went to the gym and I ate healthy at home. So that counted for that. Um, Thursday, I got drinks with a friend and that was really fun. And then Friday, I got dinner with another friend and then I just went home after those nights. I have also just this phenomenon and the idea that like in order to become good friends with someone, you have to pass the weeknight friend phase. And I don't want to be a weeknight friend, okay? I just, I hate this like... I don't know, kind of social idea that like in order to become weekend friends with someone, you have to pass the like happy hour weeknight dinner phase. And I just, I don't really like hanging out on weeknights. As I told you, I have a lot of tasks that I need to complete on weeknights. So like I don't like doing drinks really on like, I mean, I'll do a drink on a Thursday, but really that that's it. I really don't like to drink on any night that I have work the next day and i'm reaching out to people that i know in the city so people that i haven't seen in a while or haven't talked to in a long time and i keep getting met with like oh yeah like let's do drinks on wednesday or let's do drinks tuesday or Let, let's do a dinner and i'm like can't we do something on the weekend <laughs> like, i know that everyone has been here and they have like their weekend plans but like i and i do appreciate people wanting to meet up with me and it has been really fun But it kind of just – every, like, time I'd reach out to someone and get hit with the, like, oh, like, let's do drinks. And I, first of all, understand that. Like, I get it. I've weeknight peopled before. Like, I've been on the – both sides of this. Um, But when I get hit with that, I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do this weekend? Um, And I don't know. I get it. If they're going out with their group of friends and I don't know these people well enough – to be, like, invited to, like, a girls' night out when I don't know anyone. So I get it. But it just kind of leaves me with this empty feeling of, like, okay, I guess I have to do something this weekend. Um, so this weekend I did have fun. <laughs> Weekends are hard when I'm not – it almost kind of felt like a, a dry weekend. I really didn't do any drinking, um, which is great for me. But it also just left me feeling so much anxiety about work Um, So Friday, I got dinner with a friend and we finished dinner at like 8 p.m. And I, oh wait, no, this is Thursday. Okay, sorry. Back to Thursday. I got, this is, I got drinks with a friend and then we both are taking the L home, except she's going towards Manhattan and I'm going towards Brooklyn. So I get onto the L and the doors were already open. When I got to the station walked down the steps, the doors were open. So I kind of ran on because I thought that it had just gotten there. And then the doors stayed open for like 10 minutes. And I was like, what's going on here? And they, nothing was happening. We were just like staying in the station. Multiple Manhattan trains have come and gone at this point. I'm like, why isn't my train leaving the station? So I asked this guy next to me. He looked like he was about my age. He was young, like wearing bell-bottom jeans. And I was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, I have no idea. It's been like this for a while. And we're chatting about what it could be. And I was like, should we go ask the conductor? Because I don't know if you guys knew this, but conductors drive the trains. Like they're not just little men in hats that make announcements, but they like fully drive the trains, which is kind of comforting knowing that like the trains aren't just automatic. So he was like, yeah. So then we pass through the subway doors, which I had never done before. So like to get in between the subway cars, you're really not supposed to do this, but the train wasn't moving. So it was fine. You like press the door. it opens and you get into the next car so we did that for like four train cars and then we got to the conductor and we were like what's going on and the conductor was like oh i don't know like i just do what they tell me we're like okay she didn't have an answer so we're sitting in the train like 10 more minutes go by i'm just like talking to this kid and he's like student college student we're just chatting i'm telling him about like how i just moved here with my boyfriend he's like he asked me what stop i'm getting off at and i tell him he said oh i'm going that's to stop I'm getting off I'm going to a concert and I was like oh that sounds cool what venue and he told me the venue and I was like oh man yeah I've been wanting to check that out I just haven't had an opportunity and he's like well I have an extra ticket and I was like hmm you pose an interesting question and by this point the train starts moving and he's like you should come with me the concert's really good it wasn't that late I think it was like 11 maybe 10 30 I was like, yeah, I don't know. I got to work. And, you know, I was like stressed about work. He was like, just come. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then and then I'm like, eh, fine. Because it was like on the same stop as me. And I was like, whatever. So I, I went with him. And when we were on the train, I noticed he was using like an iPhone 4. And I thought that was the craziest thing ever. And I was like, is that an iPhone 4? And he was like, yeah, man. Like, I'm trying to downgrade. Like, I want a BlackBerry. And I was like, okay. Um. So he's like the whole time like – just on his, like, archaic phone and talk about, like, oh, I hate this thing. Like, I just – I need, like, a flip phone, whatever. I'm like, all right. So we get to the concert, and he can't open the tickets on his phone because his iPhone 4 doesn't support, like, the software in order to access the app. And it was, like, this whole thing, and I'm – and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And at this point, now that I see him in, like, the daylight, or – I don't know. Like, then it, once I kind of, like, got to talk to him, I was like – How old are you I thought he was like a grad student but he was like an undergrad and I was like oh um and then his friend comes out to help us and I'm kind of thinking like you know I'm already here the ticket's free whatever so we get into the venue and this friend comes out literally he looked like he was 18 and I was like oh my god I'm literally I I whatever so we get inside the venue we're standing standing around towards the back and then his whole group of friends comes over and I swear that he was they were literally in diapers like they looked like children like absolute children and then when I saw them I was like yeah I got to go. So then I left and it was fine. It was kind of just just like New York spontaneity. I have a hard time saying no to things and it just kind of sounded like a fun adventure and it was free. Like I was only there for 10 minutes. The kids were nice, but I got to a point where I was like, yeah, do you how? Huh? I hate the fact that I'm not like the youngest anymore in society. Like I hate going out and seeing people that are younger than me. I'm like, what do you go home? Um, so that was fun. So then um, Friday I got dinner with a friend and that was nice. And then I didn't do anything that night. And then Saturday, I bought tickets to a play. Okay, this is a crazy story. So I saw on Nicholas Braun, cousin Greg from Succession, his Instagram story about a play. And I love theater and plays, and um this is when I realized I was gonna be alone for eight days when I saw this and it was on a Saturday. And like I was like, oh, maybe I should do that over the weekend. I knew, that I needed something concrete for the weekend. So this is my piece of advice to anyone that's as neurotic as I am. If you have a pretty blank weekend coming up and you are kind of struggling to make plans or you don't know a ton of people, if you're like the kind of person where plans don't just like present themselves to you every weekend, um, you need to be really proactive about finding things to do. And something that's good for that is like, live shows like theater or like comedy something where you need to like buy tickets ahead of time where it'll take a good chunk of time like a good two hours out of the day and something that like you're not gonna bail on um, so when I saw this play I was like oh maybe that would be good to do over the weekends and I got the matinee and the matinee is a showing of a play that's like during the day so I got the 2 p.m slot and I was like this is perfect like this will take up a good solid chunk of the day so even if like I do nothing that night. Like, at least I'll have had done something during the day. So the play is called Job, and it's a two-person play, and it's about this millennial woman who has this tech job she's obsessed with, and she's like, her job is her life, like typical San Francisco, Silicon Valley type thing. She is sent to mandated therapy by her company because she had a mental breakdown at the office and it went viral on the internet and she got like put on leave and they're like the only way you can come back is if you go to a therapist and the therapist approves you to come back to work. And I thought this was an interesting concept. I read like some tidbits of reviews that were like, oh, it's good social commentary on like job obsession and like tech and I was like, this feels kind of pertinent. Um, and so I get there and then I realized that one of the actors, because there's only two actors, the tech worker and the therapist, the therapist is Frank from Succession, like a main star of Succession. So then I was so excited. I don't know like why I didn't know this before. Um, I think I just kind of like glanced over the Wikipedia, but I didn't really read it thoroughly. So then I was all excited guys the play was so good the whole so it was 90 minutes no intermission i had a great spot because i went by myself so i like sat like right in the middle row like the middle seat, like perfect spot the play was incredible watching two people for an hour and a half like and not boring at all like you might think oh just two people like no set changes no songs no nothing oh it was so good Um, A lot of really good – yeah, so like commentary on like social media and political activism on social media and like whether it's truly altruistic or not to be like posting – like your Instagram stories and posting like the GoFundMes for people that you don't know but are you really posting out of the goodness of your heart or are you posting to tick some boxes or if you don't post, are you like – like are your friends gonna be mad at you and then like cancel culture stuff and i am pretty wary of like social commentary on like cancel culture because it's so tired to me and i feel like it's kind of boomery to be like cancel culture um but this was good and like there were so many just good it was kind of like i can't even explain it but the things that like the millennial woman was going through and like what she experienced in college and because different parts of their lives kind of like unfold throughout the show and just the things that she was going through a lot of it was just like really relatable and the writer of the play is this guy who's like my age which is first of all rude like don't achieve anything until you're like 35 Um, And you can just tell that it was written by a young person and someone that really gets it. I get like really annoyed watching media that's, you know, like commentaries on social media and like cancel culture and stuff like that because it just feels so like written by someone that's not actually going through it or someone that's just perceiving it from like an older person's perspective but this just like felt real and it felt authentic and it felt like it was written by someone that like actually understands what it's like to have grown up you know the way that we did like to have been born in the mid to late 90s like people that were born from like 95 to 98 I just feel like we're built different. Like we just have a different understanding of the world. And it just like, it felt really real. Okay. There was a crazy twist at the end and I'm going to spoil it for you, but I will put in the description when the spoiler is over. So the whole time I was listening to the play, I'm thinking, this is amazing. Like, this is such a good play. Like I love it so much. I was already loving it the whole time from the minute it started. I was like, this is incredible. I did not expect there to be such a guttural, diabolical plot twist at the end. I think that, like, plot twists are fun and great, but I do not think that they're, like, necessary to, like, you know, a good piece of show or a good piece. I don't think plot twists are what make or break something. I think that sometimes they can kind of be, like, low-hanging fruit. I, okay, so here's what happened. So um, basically, we spend a lot of time learning about the girl in the play. I can't remember her name and what like the events that led to her mental breakdown, whether it be like her relationship with her parents and like her college situationship. But then we also find out tidbits about the therapist, Frank from Succession, and that you know, he went to Berkeley and that he has a 12-year-old son. And then later on in the play, it's revealed that he had a 13-year-old daughter, but she committed suicide. So he's, you know, dedicating his career to helping people who are like at the brink of a mental health crisis. Um, We also learn right kind of towards the end, because we don't know what she does in tech, but that was never something that I was – curious about really or it never felt like it was missing to me just saying that someone works in tech and is obsessed with their job was kind of that's enough to get the point across to me um we find out that her job this part kind of confused me so i might not be good at explaining it correctly that basically her job is to watch all of these like horrible torture porn videos to make sure that none of their the company's advertisers ads go on to these like diabolical dark web websites. I was a little confused with how exactly she explained her job. It was something to do with like bots and like how bots could like um comb through the different websites that their ads are on, but there were certain things that like bots just like couldn't read. So she was basically like the front lines of watching all of the it was like crazy videos that you hear about like war and like, you know, just terrible 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 horrible things that people post on the internet that are like ungodly illegal but like people have fetishes for it and so then you're like oh my god that's obviously horrible that would be enough to make anyone go crazy and she's getting into it and she's talking about how there's this one person that continues to upload videos of his two children having sex so like child porn incest all of that and you're, like, horrified as an audience member. She talks about how she became obsessed with watching these videos to find out who this man is. And she's like, I want to track him down. What kind of a father would do this to his children? Um, And she said, there was one day where I was able to see the corner of a college diploma on the wall, and it said Berkeley. The whole – oh, my God. I'm, like, literally going to cry again. The whole audience, like – gasp i was like no i said it out loud and then she said i was able every once in a while to piece together like an ear or some of his voice or just like a piece of his body part like somewhere in the frame and she goes and it was you and then the therapist like freaks out the whole audience i have full body chills right now the whole audience is like screaming and um yeah, and then, like, it's kind of re- – it wasn't, like, totally revealed, but then he's, like, I'll let you go back to work. I'll let you go back to work. Just please. Um, and then it's, like, lights out. Guys, I was, like – I still don't even have words for it. I immediately started bawling, crying when it the lights went out. I, would, I don't know. It just, like, really oh, – like, it was truly, truly, truly the, like – Best play I've ever seen. That was like the only professional play I've ever seen. (laughs) But it was so unbelievable. So good. If you're sleeping on plays, do not. Like, plays go so fucking hard. And it's like, okay, I love musicals more than the next person, but there was a point where I was watching Job and I was like holy shit these two people have gone on for 90 minutes just talking to each other not missing a single beat not missing a single mark remembering their blocking because they're moving across the stage like to remember all of their lines to remember the tone that which they say the lines and then to remember where they step and what they throw down and what they pick up and then how they push the chair and Um, there was like stage effects too. Um, there was like, you know, when certain things were revealed, the lights would go crazy and there'd be a sound there, there were jump scares. I jumped out of my seat at one point, I screamed and, um, yeah, like there's one point where she has a panic attack and the way that you can, the stage managers and lighting directors can communicate through lighting and sounds like what the panic attack looks like, And it was just like, wow, people really are so incredible, like, to come up with all of this. And it gave me just so much respect for live theater, like, movies, anyone can do that. Stage, no one. So when the play ended, I was, like, on another planet. I was like, I cannot believe I just experienced this. And going alone, I was like, I don't, I was almost, like, tempted to, like, talk to the person next to me, like, wasn't that crazy? Like, I had no one to talk about it with. And I'm just, like, coming down off this emotional high and like crying and I just don't know what to do with myself. And I'm standing outside the theater, the audience is kind of you know, trickling out and I'm trying to catch snippets of like what people said. Um, so I call my mom, I'm standing out there talking to her for like 10 minutes. By th- this point, the show had been over for probably 30 minutes. And I'm standing there, I look over and I see Frank from Succession, Peter Friedman come out of the theater. And I'm like, oh my God, that's him, the guy that played the therapist. And I hung up and on my mom and I just was like, hi, Peter. Um, I just saw your show. And he was like, oh, you did? Yeah. What'd you think? And I start bawling crying. Like I'm sobbing. And he was like, oh, like I'm so glad you liked it. Would you? And he was like maintaining eye contact with me so hard. And he's like, what'd you like about it? And I was like, it was just like really good. And he's like, but what'd you like about it? And I was like, I don't know. And because, okay, what I thought I liked about it, Once like the plot twist happened, I feel like the plot twist kind of like changed everything. And I was just stumbling through my words and he complimented my necklace, which was so crazy. And he said, how'd you hear about it? And I felt so stupid saying this, but I was like, oh, I saw it on Nicholas Braun's Instagram story, like some sort of fangirl. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, thank you for coming. And I was like, yeah, I just, you know, like I I work at a job too and it's hard hard sometimes. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you'll get through it and he's he was like who'd you come with and i was like oh i came alone and he's like oh i can't believe you came alone thank you so much and i was like yeah i just moved to the city i don't really have many friends here and he was like "Well, welcome to new york and i was like "Ah, peter friedman it was like the craziest experience ever and and then we walked i didn't want to like take too much of his time but he was so cute he was wearing like his little pea coat and a scarf and a hat he was adorable so then I was so like rattled to my core. I called my parents and then I didn't know what to do with myself and I had so much energy. So I decided to walk home and take the bridge. And I took the bridge home and I was wearing my like high heeled square toed boots, my scoots. And then my feet hurt like really bad after once I got to the end of the bridge, I couldn't even walk anymore. So I found the a train station then took the train home. And then the blisters started forming and I did not go out that night because my feet hurt so bad. But it was kind of nice not to have an excuse. So that's kind of the, it's been like a really roller coaster of a weekend. I've just felt a lot of emotions from like trying so hard to escape loneliness. Like it's like I'm constantly making myself productive. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to the gym, um, I'm grocery shopping, I'm cooking dinner. um, I'm going to watch a movie you know, going to the play, going to get drinks with people and just really trying to like escape this feeling of loneliness. Um, and just trying like not to let any bad thoughts come into my mind by just being overly productive. And so far it's working. Um, I don't, I think one of my best qualities is I have really good self-discipline and I'm really good at like you know, I know that I could have made this week a death spiral, and I didn't. And I could have death spiraled all weekend. I could have gone out drinking. I don't even know with who. Um, but I could have done that. I could have shopped. I retail therapy a lot. I could have like gone shopping somewhere, and I didn't do that. I haven't bought one single item of clothing since before New Year's, or since New Year's. Um, so yeah, it's been good, and just trying to be really patient with like the friend thing um i am actively waiting to sign up for comedy classes this one class at this one theater with this one teacher that i wanted um i missed the deadline for it so i'm gonna see hopefully it'll reopen in march um so yeah that has been that's been my my week of mental health spiraling and trying to be productive so yeah i hope this helps bye